Hey everybody, just real quick before we get to episode 88, uh, after last episode when we talked about the upcoming childbirth in Jeff's life, I uh, just wanted to give everybody a quick update. Uh, Ellison Leron Kolath, welcome to the world uh, on June 4th. Uh, 8 pounds, 7 ounces, 20 inches, uh, everybody's doing great. So a hearty congratulations to Jen and Jeff Kolath for uh, the the uh, new edition and um, and Presley for his uh, his younger brother. So um, named after two grandmas, a Vietnam War photographer and an astronaut. So uh, welcome to the Blue Estate family, Ellison. Look forward to uh, getting to know you better. So just wanted to give everybody an update after we uh, we teased the uh, the uh, scheduled due date. And, uh, and Ellison and nailed it on the head. So, uh, without further ado, we'll get to episode 88 and, uh, we talk about some babies this, uh, this episode and a bonus, uh, bonus car talk episode at the end of the uh, podcast, if you stick around. So, uh, anybody in the market for a new uh, family SUV, we got you covered. Hi, this is Lucas Nelson with Promise of the Real, and the podcast you're listening to is part of the Osiris Network. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Sign up for the newsletter at OsirisPod.com to stay in the loop. Welcome in to episode 88 of The Blue Estate. I'm Harvey Couch, alongside... Jeff Kolath. And thanks for joining us as we take our weekly journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. And Jeff, I am coming to you live from the brand new Blue Estate studio in Midway, Kentucky, as I've completed our uh, our new den. It's very exciting. I lo- that's, that is very exciting. Um uh tell us a little bit about the space i've been i've been to your house a few times so i i know where it is in the house but it's uh it was a it's supposed to, originally it was the house that room in the house was probably imagined to be the the room where you have the couch that nobody ever sits on right yeah what, what our parents would have called a formal living room formal living i would room. think again, you never ever go and it, it's the place that coats go when people come over um <laughs> Right. Yeah, and we but we didn't even really use it as that. There was like like an awful computer desk and just you know a dog crate and just it was basically just sort of the junk room yeah. of our downstairs. But and you, uh, uh, you've turned and, that space into something very useful. Yeah, so it was wide and it was also wide open to our house. So we have there's literally there are um, like four interior doors in our house like one to each of the three bedrooms and one to the the downstairs bathroom <laughs> like that's literally it everything else is wide open so there was no sort of private space and so we this room was wide open to the downstairs and so we built a wall or my father-in-law mostly and i helped a little bit built the wall and then we hung a door and um so it's uh yeah it's about it's 12 by 12 and I hung a hung a TV and got a couple uh couple in wall speakers. Ooh. 
that are nice and um, put up your got my record. Put up your uh, tie dye tapestry and your Bob Marley legend poster, <laughs> Jim Morrison poster, and your lava lamp up too. Or? I've got the one, the Pearl Jam poster where Eddie Vedder's leaning back against uh, Stone Gossard. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, um, one of the if, so if we we've talked about. I um your favorite band sucks. I think the podcast Tyler Mayhan Co. Who does the brilliant Ryan, you know, Cocaine and Rhinestones, but the not so brilliant Your Favorite Band sucks. But his episode about the Doors, there's so much truth to that, and he goes on this whole long thing about the the Jim Morrison poster that kids who are 18 years old today still hang in their dorm rooms. So, mm. uh, yeah, I did not have that, but I certainly had some Doors friends in high school in college. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I'm able to close the door and not bother the rest of the house now. So, uh, in the past I would have to shoo my wife off to bed or, um, you know, hide somewhere and try not to make too much noise. So it's, uh, it's, it's a new day. Yep. It's a new day in Harvey's, in Harvey's world. Is that your so, still got a little bit of work to do to finish it off, but it's definitely, definitely Big, big parts done. So, is that your recommendation for the week? <laughs> no, I have something else that, I, that I'm going to recommend. What is your recommendation um, for the week then? So, uh, are you familiar with uh, with the this this new guy Billy Strings? Uh, you heard of? I do. Know heard of Billy I Strings? know who he is. Yeah. Okay, so um, he he's got a couple couple records i think and uh i'm excited because he's playing the the 48 48 festival which we're going to uh, in west virginia and he's also playing at railbird in lexington so i'll see him a couple times this summer but um he just did a show well it's not just i guess it's been about a month now but uh at the aiken bluegrass festival in aiken south carolina and he did an entire set with uh chris jacobs are you familiar with him? No. Okay. So he's like, a, I don't know how to describe him, but he's, you know, he's a sort of Southern rock Americana kind of guy. And uh, so they, they joined up and they called it psychedelic circus mm-hmm. and they did, all, they did two sets. And I want to, I mean, I rarely do this for, um, for panic shows, like actually read the entire set list, but it's so ridiculous that I think I, I need to. So it was, um, the show was May 11th. And, um, so first set is, uh, and I mean, I don't even know if I know all these songs, but I know, let's see. Of, it looks like uh, yeah, Neil Casal guested on some stuff, and Lindsay Lou was on some too. But um, they opened up with Edgar Winters hanging around, uh, and then uh, Bobby Blue Bland's farther up the road. Then they went into Althea, Whiskey in the Jar, uh, Johnny Winters' Cheap Tequila, and then uh, Cheap Sunglasses, uh, Tom Petty's Breakdown. <laughs> Going down the road, feeling bad, running down a dream, and then uh, Hendrix for Red House and Fire, and they close the first set with Johnny Be Good, which is uh, yeah. And then uh, so then second set is uh, Paranoid, uh, 
deal. Uh, corduroy, Pearl Jam's Corduroy, Down by the River, uh, Funk 49, uh, Dear Mr. Fantasy, Big River, Right Place, Wrong Time, That's What Love Will Do, uh, Good Times, Bad Times, Mystery Train, Funky Bitch, and Sweet Leaf. (laughs) And then the encore is Ico Ico. So I, I'm not going to criticize any of the selections that they made, but I might criticize the order in which they played some of them. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, you know, it's basic mixtape construction. That's pretty cool though. So what, yeah, I mean, just like full balls out, just a, you know, all, all the bets are off. Yeah. I enjoy it. Uh, anytime funk 49 shows up in a set list is, is pretty, cool. Oh yeah. Pretty cool. So good. And I think he played, you know, he's generally an acoustic, player but i think he played electric uh most of that show so um i think his his like backstory is that he like in high school played like in a metal band and that's why he's sort of got that sort of like heavy metal sensibility even though he's playing bluegrass so um so yeah so it's on uh it's on nugs i'm sure it's on re-listen or on you know archive i didn't check but um yeah, so Billy Strings from uh, Aiken Bluegrass Festival on May 11th, 2019. That's my my recommendation this week. You got anything? Um, anything good? I mean... Positive? That's not depressing? Uh, yeah, sorry, last week was a bit heavy. Um, the new Justin Towns Earl record, The Saint of Lost Causes, is pretty good. Um, listen to that Listen to that a few times through. Uh, like that a lot. Um, has a really great song. Um, has a Memphis song, which now that I live in Memphis, I find I find most Memphis songs, you know, derivative. But he's got a good one uh, about Flint called uh, Flint City Shake It, which is about sort of you know the collapse of that city and the collapse of the General Motors plant in that city, and mm-hmm. which is pretty good. And you know, he's still got it. I mean, he's gone through some tough life. Uh, issues over the years alcoholism and substance abuse and various other things and obviously his dad is a legend but i mean i saw justin towns Earl a lot at the end of the last decade and haven't really paid much attention to him um, since but i like this new record quite a bit so i guess that's half a recommendation the other half is not really a recommendation it's just more of a a little bit of memphis pride is that the university of memphis basketball team does have class this year um even though we didn't get rj hampton he decided to play professional basketball in australia um your beloved cats did not get Jaden mcdaniels which kept uh kept them out of the one spot yeah and kept him out of any, any you know publicity for the next year as he toils in anonymity at the university of washington sure but hey I know what you're going to say. I know what you're thinking and we'll see what happens. I'm sure your cats will go farther in the tournament and that's okay. But give us this small victory. We got seven great kids coming in or maybe six. If Rajon Tucker decides to go pro instead of uh, doing his senior his uh, graduate year here, but it's exciting. People are, uh, you know, excited about Penny. Penny is embracing it and talking all kinds of stuff. Um, his, his, the quote from his press conference last week was, a couple weeks ago, was, we want all the smoke. So now there are, we want all the smoke shirts that are being worn in Memphis right now. So, yeah, you know, there's some really great stories out there about Penny on the recruiting trail, how, you know, 
your your boy Cal and Coach K and Izzo, you know, they show up in polo shirts and their hair all quaffed and, you know, looking like old dudes and Penny shows up wearing a flat brimmed hat and, you know, foam posits. And he just doesn't look like everybody else. You know? mm. And then, so it's, it's an, it, like taking aside, this is not about coaching. This is not about, you know, obviously I will never argue that Penny's a better coach than the three gentlemen I just mentioned, nor would I argue that he's a better coach than probably any of the coach, other coaches in the top 25. However, there is this thing that's going on right now with his recruiting and with college basketball that is really interesting. Obviously, being in Memphis, it's entertaining to watch, and obviously I love it. I'm a season ticket holder. But it's super interesting to watch how everybody else responds, and you're starting to see it where it's like Vanderbilt hires Jerry Stackhouse, Michigan's hired Jawan Howard. Um, it's just sort of there's this, you know, there's this thing where now these schools are starting to realize, oh, geez, maybe if, you know, we get our guy that comes in and he could be like Penny, maybe we can get some of those guys. So the next couple of years are going to be really interesting to see how college basketball evolves. If this is going to be a thing or if it's just, you know, a flash in the pan. It all depends on how the team does. Obviously, Penny can get all the guys in the world, but if they finish 19 and 12, nobody's going to care. It's just going to be. Yeah. It's going to be a failure. It's going to be like the year that UK, you know, went to the NIT and lost to what Robert Morris or whatever it was. Um, oh, Bobby Moe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. keep in mind that our, that our best player blew out his ACL with like five games left. But I like to bring um, but it's the same thing. It's like you know, obviously now the pressure is going to be on. They have to make the tournament. They have to win some game, win a game, if not two games in the tournament for it for all the hype to be justified. But for this moment, it's like this is a thing, and there's something happening in in the landscape of college basketball, and whether or not it works or it's fleeting remains to be seen. Yeah, no, we'll see. I mean, I think one thing that I've learned in um, in watching how Cal has done things is that it really does take um, it. It really you can't just get like the five best players. Like, yeah. and I think what he is what he is focused on is like, you really do have to get, and I mean, his thing and, you know, believe me or not, but you know, he wants good kids. He wants, and he also wants, there haven't been, I mean, tell, name me a player who's had an issue under Cal Perry at Kentucky. I mean, people complain about, about cousins, but I mean, he didn't have any besides, you know, a couple of on court things, but like there's been literally zero off court issues with the players since Cal has been here. Um, And I, in Mem- at Memphis, right. you can't say that at Memphis. <laughs> but, no, no, and and I mean, I get that it's a different, it's a different, you know, it's a different level of competition. But what I'm saying is, like, sometimes it's easy to get a not easy, but you know, you can get all the great kids, the high ranking kids who you know maybe have some issues, you know, and you gotta, it's the next step is to then get them to buy in or get them to not you know cheat on their tests or you know steal whatever and you know those those are the things that he you know I mean, that we, you know we got to make sure that he can do before we start crowning him or putting him in the hall of fame um but no i wish you guys luck i hope yeah it'll be fun i mean i like how so penny sing is what we we blow smoke is that what you said we want all the smoke is what he we said. want all the smoke yeah. um the t-shirts that they make that because because cal always says you know everybody Everybody hates K 
Kentucky, right? Everybody hates him and hates Kentucky. And he's like, the reason for that is we come to your town and we beat your team. Yeah. And so that's, that's what the t-shirts are at Kentucky is we come to your town and we beat your team. That's true. Totally true. Yeah. It, so, uh, anyway, no, it's great. It's uh, I love that we're talking college basketball in June. Well, I think again, it's sort of like you talk college football recruiting NFL free agency is just this blip. The draft is obviously a big thing, but like NBA free agency is so compelling, but like this year's recruit recruiting is getting more compelling because so many players are deciding later, you know, they're nobody commits really in the early period anymore. They wait until the all-star games until after the all-star games and see where, where things shake out with some of these teams, which again is totally smart. You know, I'm I'm glad that these young men are taking control of their of their futures, and waiting to see who's leaving which school and how much playing time they're going to be able to get and all that stuff. It's great. It's what they should be doing, and I wish that you know they would be compensated for it. But instead, they're going to change the rules and freshman. You know, you won't have to go to a year of college to go into the draft here before too long. So, but it's a uh, it's again, it's exciting in Memphis. It, it's sort of, it's this, it just reinforces this Memphis against the world thing that has, I think is mm. predate predates me by a long, long shot. So, well, anyway, um, well, besides, you know, Kentucky's a football school anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's shifting. It's really shifting. So we're going to. Are we going to talk about? Uh, we're going to talk about panic. Yeah, we are. And last episode, okay. I teased that we're going to go back to our roots, and we're going to uh, go back to what this podcast was originally intended for, which is to talk about 1996 shows. And we're going to combine it again with the arrival of my child. Which, by the time you're listening to this, the child will have been here. Maybe Harvey will add a little blurb at the start of this episode to give everybody an update. But we're going to go with uh, songs that have to do with children or babies or, or, or whatever. And we've chosen two segments, from uh, one from Summer 96 and then one from Fall 96, um, which are really good. And I think we're going to get into, um, for sure, we're going to start off with a show that I think we played segments of before, but it is, it's a part of a two-show run that... Uh, I think it's two of the finest shows that Panic played in 96, which again, put it into that upper echelon of, of great shows. Um, but this first part is 61396 from the backyard in Bee Cave, Texas, the next night in Dallas at the Bronco Bowl is equally as good, if not be- a better show. Um, but we're going to play the baby's songs or in, in this set are... Um, junior and obviously space wrangler so we're gonna get started here with a really nice uh, extended hold and hold an oversoul and we'll go from there so again june 13th 1996 from the backyard in bee cave texas
June 13th, 1996, Bee Cave, Texas, the backyard, Holden Oversoul into Jam, into Gradle, and then Junior into Space Wrangler. And I know Junior is a song that we both have probably had mixed feelings about over the years, um, but this is an awesome version of it. Mm -hmm. um, really strong transition into Space Wrangler. Um, just a great segment. This is a great show. Like I said, the next night at the Bronco Bowl is probably just a little little better but overall i think a good selection and and these are two shows that if somebody if i wanted to tell somebody sort of like what is 1996 all about these would definitely be two shows that would fall into that 
category. Yeah, and it's interesting. I, mean, I feel like in almost really almost the entire year of '96, but especially spring and summer, I feel like you can go to like the end of the first set, and that's like the hottest part of the show. Yeah, you know, it's like there's just always just for whatever reason that's when they're just going next level in and here with uh so it's uh afd heroes traveling light sandbox which is nothing to sneeze at to open and then um and then what we what we just played holden and the gradle and then junior and the space wrangler and then they they close things out you kind of cut it off there as they wanted to walk in but yeah usually like second like you know second third to last songs of the of the first set is where oftentimes you get the best stuff from this from 96 so um just just a tip from your old uncle harvey if you're uh if you're if you're looking for something good to listen to just pick out a 96 show and you know start listening to the first set so i I mean we've talked about this before but how awesome is having the re-listen links and everyday? oh yeah so good and the and for those of us with you know in the 21st century with iPhones to have the re-listen app on your phone uh, to be able to just pull up any of those shows is just yeah it's magical. Pretty great. Um, and does your wife have a have an iPhone or is she she in the dark ages too? Oh no no she has an iPhone she has an okay iPhone. because because her new car has CarPlay right so and there is a re-listen app for CarPlay if. You know, if she was so, or you could at least get it installed on her phone for when you're traveling. We have the uh, uh, serious, the serious satellite, at least a uh, for until we just decide to not have serious. Yeah, here. Okay, so I've got a take on serious. I used to be a pretty, a pretty good like. I appreciate what they what they do, and uh, there are some good stations, honestly. Like for for listening to music, um, you know, I think the Jam on station is fine. I think the Spectrum station is good, and obviously they've got the Dead Dead station. Um, but you know, having just gotten a new ve- or you know a new to me vehicle uh, that came with a, a serious trial, uh, God, the sound is garbage, man. The I. I mean, I, I'm not a, I mean, I, I like good music, you know, and I collect flax and not MP3s. So I'm a bit of a snob, but I mean, I'm fine. Like I'll listen to, you know, Apple music or Spotify. And I mean, I'm fine with a, you know, a 192K MP3, like I'm fine. But I mean, the stuff that's serious, I don't, I would, I'm sure somebody out there knows like what the bit rate is that they deliver. It's got to be like 64 K or something. I mean, it's just not good. I've never noticed it. I don't know if they've like, they probably have let, you know, lowered it over the years because satellite time is expensive. And so they're probably squeezing their, their bandwidth as they've launched new you know stations and stuff. But now I can barely listen to it, man. I'll turn it on and it'll be like, Oh, this is okay. I was like, Hmm, I just, no, I'm going to put on something else. So, um, yeah. sorry, will, sorry, serious XM. That's okay. Um, I will say that I've been a little bit disappointed in the repeti- the repetition of programming and songs too. Um, mm. For some reason, I yeah, thought, I haven't listened enough to to know. You know what I mean? Like, a, uh, uh, I'll just turn it on every once in a while. But sure. Um, 
but it definitely is sort of there will be shows that you hear in the middle of the week and hear like the willie's roadhouse station is a good example of this you'll they'll play these really random songs on like a wednesday and then i'll be in the car on a saturday and they'll play them again and it's like i've never heard this song in my 41 years on this planet and now you've played it twice in four days four days so then it's clear that they're it's it's you know they're they're it's just it's the program is obviously better but it's not a it's still there's there's still a program there so um but yeah jam on is a good station and i like the bruce station because they play a lot of live stuff and the dead station obviously is just a good thing even though we've got it all on archive already so well there you go serious xm hot take uh, <laughs> our, uh so before we get into yeah, you have some commentary and some uh shout outs for people yeah i just wanted to go i should have done this earlier in the show but i wanted to give a little bit of uh, follow-up from uh and from an episode i think it was 86 maybe maybe it was no it was 86 because i know because the comment the uh, the comment was regarding my diatribe on uh football jerseys and we were trying to find you know great players that wore number 86 and um struggled a little bit i think freddie barnett was maybe the best one we came up with um heard from uh seth berman on facebook berman yeah he's listening he's a listener he said he just started he's just now starting the the new pod i don't know if that means the new episode or if he's been listening all along but um yeah seth that's a good he's a good guy he's a he went to tulane i think we i, I remember meeting him down in new orleans uh way back when seth if you're listening i still have your dat port so just <laughs> i know exactly oh. where it is it's in the same it's in the same bin as my fostex d5 so i'm Does, happy was the is the seven pin cord is that was that oh. yours or was that his? No, I had two, no. Those are my cords. I had two. I okay, had, right. I, had an, I had an OD cable, and then I had uh, another a knockoff version of the OD, OD uh, of the seven pin. It did not have the right angle because remember you had to pay extra for the right angle cable so that it was more stable. The yeah. eight, right? Yeah, but anyway. All right. Well, Seth, let us know if you want that that uh. The opcode dat port that did so much, so many great uh, transfers. So many great back in the day. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so his comment was that uh, he th- he threw out uh, Heinz Ward oh, as a number eighty six. Avo, yeah, I think that was, and then threw in a Go Dogs too. So um, I would. Uh, I guess that maybe that. The, but the, he was not, he was actually number he was a number nineteen I think in Georgia when he played some quarterback I believe he wore the number nineteen so I would uh, throw in Boyd Dowler the great wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers uh, during the Bart mm-hmm. Star era may he rest in peace mm. but I believe he caught uh, some touchdown passes in the Super Bowl Super Bowls one and two um, he's no Max McGee obviously Max McGee yeah what was what was Max McGee's was 85, he eighty five eighty five and. Okay. He's elevated because he played Super Bowl one completely hungover and right. played like a hero. He's an inspiration to us all. So um, <laughs> broken, broken down and slow as hell, but and hungover like he wouldn't believe. But he played the game of his life. So God bless him. May he rest. Uh, Max, 
Max McGee come in full circle, play college football at uh, Tulane University in New Orleans. Oh, there you go. Uh, Back when Tulane was in the SEC. That's right. Uh, so, um, do you have anything? Anyway, so yeah, no. so yeah, shout out to shout out to Seth for the feedback on that, and then also wanted to to give a shout out to um, uh, a guy on Twitter named uh, Rick Ivy, who uh, we've been chatting a little bit back and forth. I, I assume is a fish fan because he we started interacting after the crossover podcast, yeah. and um, I think was a little familiar with panic but it never really like dug deep and like i get every you know he's like every week or two i get a message from him about like and he's like super excited about finding all this new stuff like he was like the last one was decided to check out 1994 ain't life grand i freaking love this record it was like that's awesome man like who else is just now discovering ain't life grand 25 years later so um so no, so I'm excited living vicariously through Rick Ivey as he's discovering uh, Panic. So uh, he was also a f- he knew like Love Tractor, like the band from Athens back in the early '80s. So um, it seems like he's like been all around Panic, but just never actually gone into it. So uh, it's neat to to kind of be to get involved with that. And then he asked. Um, uh, he asked for an episode recommendation of um, of a, a big Hauser, like a Hauser spectacular, and um, and I think and so I think probably the best choice for that would be uh, I think it was uh, episodes twenty and twenty one, which seemed like a lifetime ago. Um, it was from August of twenty seventeen when we did uh, on the anniversary of his death and um we did two episodes like i i picked some stuff that i liked and you picked some stuff that you liked and um there's there's some there's some really good stuff there so i think that's probably where i would point them nice um so uh, yeah so we appreciate everybody's feedback and uh you know we'll try to try to work some of that in uh moving forward as, as folks it's hard like i see stuff i see people like say things and i'm like i always i try to respond but then it's just like by the time we get around to the next recording i'm just like it's you know gone out into the ether so i need to i'm gonna try to stay more on top of that i uh i really enjoyed the your twitter interactions with people following the crossover episodes and your <laughs> the commentary about why fish doesn't have guests which I thought uh-huh. which was really, which was really interesting. Uh, we have, yeah, heard. no, I thought that was an interesting conversation um, until the fish fans started weighing in. Oh, man. Um, I totally, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't just paint broad brushes because it's not fair. You know, I wouldn't want people to do that to me either, but like the, I'm not going to name him because he seemed like a nice enough guy, but it was, uh, this is a quote I have to share. Uh, a fish show is a 4D mosaic of bliss, introspection, love, and mystery. Not that they're better than guests, but the space fish inhabits is their own. It's not fair to drop a guest in the wash. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was that was amazing. Um, so then I think that's when I think that's when I said uh, 
I just thought it was a missed opportunity. There's still plenty of time for rainbows and unicorns in a three-hour show, even if you set aside 15 to 20 minutes to jam with someone you respect or consider an inspiration. Yes. I, my, my response to all of it was basic, was two things. One was, guests are fun. Like, it's fun. To see. Isn't that the point? Like, what are we are we going to shows to have fun, right? Isn't that the whole thing? Isn't that why we're doing it? Random people walk on stage with a band you love and do something different. Which goes into number two, which is it's something different. It's something unique. It's something interesting. It's like the time again, seeing Blackman with Panic on five ten ninety seven is something I'll never forget. And it was remarkable. And that show is amazing. And sure, there are bad guest things, and sometimes you can't the mix is bad and you can't hear everybody, but like, <laughs> Peanut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a big not a big peanut Daniels guy. And some of the guests are questionable, certainly. But to just write that off and say that it it, it it impacts or it makes an experience worse is I think is not is not the right way of looking. It's a little short sighted, right? It's a little short sighted and again it's sort of that the i'm assuming it's a it's a gentleman who made that comment um in fact i know it's a gentleman that made that comment it's um it's you it's it's also seeing that your band is infallible and that is not the right way to see your band um you know there's there's always ways for them to be better there's always ways for them to be be more interesting and i think you're missing out i mean you can go too far with it certainly um and sometimes you know panic has never really done this either which i give you know they've had roadies come out and play percussion and stuff which is fine but and fish hasn't done this but it's like you don't like invite your if you're you don't invite totally randoms onto the stage and and just to be there to play rhythm guitar on something like that does defeat mm-hmm. them a little bit but there's always ways to contribute there's always ways to make it more interesting and you know i've i guess i've always seen fish as sort of this higher level of musicianship than panic at least that's what's what it's assumed to be and if that's the case then they should draw inspiration from jazz players and other things who had people sit in with them all the time because there's always space for musicians and there's always space to grow and there's always space for things to you know go further out so i think it is very um it's a limiting view of your band um and they screw up too y'all they screw up. Listen to any time they covered Whipping Post. It's a nightmare. <laughs> sorry, sorry, it's late. Yeah. And I just I just spent a bunch of money on HVAC, so I'm I'm uh, <laughs> hot take. Hot take. Yeah. So, right. No, that was good. I, I've been meaning to get that, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was, cheer, uh, cheers to the good folks that gave us feedback. The fact that uh, it was referred to as a, what a 4D mosaic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I don't want to, let's see, I've got it. Uh, yeah. A 4d mosaic of bliss, introspection, love, and mystery. Oh, God sake. That's art. Um, anyway, it's just a fucking rock show, man. It's a rock show. Uh, well, speaking of rock shows, let's, uh, let's get on to our second segment again. Har- Harvey is indulging the, uh, the, uh, baby impulse for this episode. And so we've got one more segment with songs about kids, babies, what have you. And we're going to go back to 96 again, or stay in 96. And we're going to jump to the third show of fall tour 96, which 
gets started in Tuscaloosa on 10-4, goes down to Mobile on 10-5, which, which we've talked about before. The very curious Porch Songs released by the band. Not a bad show, but other shows that we think are certainly better. And then head up to the Georgia Mountain Theater in Gainesville, Georgia, uh, on October seventh, nineteen ninety six, and again we're right at the end of this, right at the end of the first set, where as you so eloquently put, there's a lot of interesting things that happen at the end of these first sets, and we'll get things uh, started off with Littlekin.
right, October 7th, 1996, Gainesville, Georgia, the Georgia Mountain Theater. End of the first set, Littlekin, Machine into Barstools, and an uncut Papa's Home. Um, just classic 96 Panic. Uh, nothing terribly flashy, just solid, straightforward, great playing. Uh, love this version of Papa's. We're, as, we're, as you well know, we're all both fans of uncut uh, Papa's Home. Um, there are some. 96 is a time when JB is not particularly up in the mix. So you can't hear a lot of him, but you can really hear him on this, on this show. Um, and there's some really, he's doing some very engaged JB um, on rhythm during Papa's home. It's a great version. How there is, you know, again, on fire uh, like he was for most, most of 96. So this is a good, good show all around. The uh, the second, I mean, the, this stuff we just played is great, but I just want to I want to read off the second set because it's, I mean, it's about it's about as good as it gets. Uh, Last dance, disco, you got yours. Airplane, Greta, proving ground, drums, contentment, proving ground, pilgrims, Conrad. Ooh. <laughs> and then, and then postcard can't find my way home, which is about as far from a flip the bird encore as you can get. So. That is some good stuff. That's good stuff. I love the uh, Pilgrim's placement after drum. Yeah. Drums. Yeah. Oh, after Proving Ground. Yeah. I mean, it's madness. Drums, contentment, Proving Ground, and then Pilgrim's. And then Conrad. Just That's like the, you know, body shot and then the haymaker. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. So, all right. All right. Well, thank you for uh, indulging the uh, the baby impulse, and we'll get back to your regularly scheduled program. Uh, but the the baby Colette has arrived by the time you're listening to this, and we'll, we're going to hope all is well with everybody. Yes, and we have. Uh, I mean, there's there's some panic shows coming up too. So next time we um, we get together, so I've got some. We'll have played some the two shows in Brandon, Mississippi at the Brandon Amphitheater. So um, we'll, we'll maybe chat about that next time we get together. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank- all right. Well, thanks everybody. Yeah. Thanks uh, for joining us and, um, you know, continue to, uh, to give us feedback. Even if you talk about 4d mosaics of whatever um, at bluest tape, bluest tape, uh, dot com and you can email us and we're on Facebook too and uh, we've still got t-shirts for sale and we also um, you know you're welcome to to donate to the cause too we've had some folks do that and that really does help um, pay the bills so if you go to bluestape.com uh, there is a, a line of icons at the top of the screen hit the dollar sign one and you can help uh, support the show and get a nice warm fuzzy feeling in your in the cockles and that'll help you. Uh, and, or if you want, you can just buy a t-shirt that helps, that helps support us too. So um, thanks for everybody who do, who uh, have done both of those things. So uh, Jeff, next time I talk to you, you will be uh, a member of a family of four. So best of luck with that. And, uh, and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Harvey. And we'll send this out with uh, baby. I love you by Aretha Franklin.
just bought a new vehicle and what? um what'd you buy i got a um uh, a three-year-old acura mdx oh nice that's those are popular uh, right now jen's parents just bought one of those and somebody else we know just got one really yeah it's um it's good like you know it's big like we needed rachel wanted something big enough third row and um but like i wanted something that actually drove like was in was enjoyable to drive so that the middle of that Venn diagram is not super large. (laughs) So, um, so anyway, but yeah, but in my experience, I mean, we were, I was pretty wide open. I mean, I looked at probably eight different vehicles, Mm -hmm. like models and, um, you know, talked to a bunch of different dealers and they were basically like, which makes sense. It's like, now we just have to put our best price out and like, especially in the used car market, it's like, cause nobody will call or come in or email unless our price is competitive with everybody else around here. And so you can't build in a buffer to like negotiate down. It's just, um, I mean, maybe you can come down like $500 or something, but it's like the, it's the days of like negotiating down 10% or over. I mean, maybe yeah. on new car, but unused definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The margin on, on their stuff now is so slim that it's mm-hmm. price price to get out and so used cars are tough like used cars used to be i think the way to go but now they're just priced so high that on a lot of stuff so i don't know we, ended up, we bought a pilot oh nice yeah i'll definitely look to this and it was not my pit it was not my top choice but it's not my vehicle so it's fine mm-hmm. um but i mean it basically was like this is the color this is the trim like these are the seats that we need and you know i kind of had an idea of what the price was going to be and and then he just like the sales guy just like threw out this number i was like what what like it was lower than what i was going to like make my starting offer at right and it was like that's good 
it's like okay yeah that's good um i said i gotta i'm going to drive something else on monday but we'll let you know and then you know the accident happened and other stuff so but it was one of those things where it was like i couldn't believe that that was the number they threw me and then it the guy was from the midwest so he we were talking you know when we were closing stuff out he's just like yeah we haven't had that good of a month so so that's yeah, my, yeah. that's and that's you we haven't had that good of a month and it is two days before the end of the month so that's why you got that number i was like yeah that makes sense so, um so it, was it a brand new one yeah did yeah. y'all what uh trim level did you get uh the middle one EXL. did you get the leather yeah we did so exl yeah nice um it was uh i wanted the kia telluride yeah, yeah. So I looked at those two, and I mean, I like how they look, and they had lots of, you know, accoutrements. Yeah. Did you did you drive one? I did. Yeah. So I had a couple problems. I was like, I was down the Telluride road. Like that's what I was pretty sure I was going to yeah. get. They look so sharp. They are. Yep. Looking car. Yep. Um, like one was my experience at the Kia dealership was like one of the worst that I've ever had. Yeah. And it was not just at the one. It was like, I went to two different Kia deals because the first one was so bad. I was like, well, let me try the one in Louisville because it can't be as bad as the one in Lexington. And it wasn't quite as bad, but it wasn't a whole lot better. And, um, and so then it was like, there was just no stock anywhere because everybody, they couldn't keep them in stock. And so, and then it was like, they were like marking them up like $3,000. And I was like, I'm not, you know what? Like, no, I'm sorry. Like, I don't need, I don't want it that bad. Like if it was, you know, I just, it's not worth it. Um, so, but other than that, I mean, I like, I love how they look. Uh, driving, it was like, I mean, it was fine, I guess. It wasn't remarkable. I didn't think it drove as well. Well, definitely didn't drive as well as Acura or the Infinity. Um, I'd say it's similar to the Pilot, although I might have even liked the Pilot a little better on the drive, I mean, driving the pilot, part. But. The Pilot, I have a Honda Civic and like the Pilot and the Civic drive almost exactly the same yeah. um, obviously civic sportier but in terms of like comfort level and like the amount of steering input that i need to put in and stuff it's like it's about it's real they're really close so it's it's mm-hmm. well and jen loves it it's like driving a couch so she's happy um but yeah the pilot yeah like i want so but did you like did you like how the tell your i drove oh it was okay i mean yeah. I'm, I'm so hung up on aesthetics that yeah just like how it looked oh man if i could have gotten one of those army green ones with the black wheels on Mm -hmm. it i would have been like about it well and that was the other thing was like on the i felt like the trims like you really had to go to the third trim yes you do whatever that was and uh, and that was like that got that got pretty pricey you know what i mean it was especially when you like add in the fucking markup and like you know you're in like mid 40s at that yeah. point and it's like whew, that was the other you part know. Too. i mean we could get out the door with a pilot at the price they offered us we could get out the door well within our budget and like mm-hmm. it's like how can you pass that up <laughs> a brand new honda yeah. for that for a right. like where that price was it was it was it was actually crazy because before the car accident went down and stuff, it was, I was looking, you know, we had time to kill Jen and Presley went and drove the the pilot again. I just wandered around the lot and I was looking at Accord hybrids just in, in just 
because they were out there and I like the styling on them. Like you could get an Accord hybrid for like 27 grand, mm. which is crazy yeah. to think yeah. how, one, how cheap that is. And two, it's 48 miles a gallon city and highway. And it looks really nice. You can get a great, you know, you know, LA wheel package, but like it was, the price was nuts. And I considering what I paid for my civic, it was like it wasn't that much more expensive. It's yeah. a well, I mean, I was saying like I bought, <laughs> I bought an Accord in 1994, and it was like a it was an LX, which is like the mid mid trim, yeah. and I swear it was twenty four thousand. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's like, um, so it was it was one of those things where I was joking with the sales guy. It's like so you have the buy one get the second one half off deal, right? Is that is that other story? <laughs> We can get everything out the door for fifty grand, right? You just call it even, but it doesn't work that way, sadly. So, what was your experience at the Kia dealership? It was okay. We had a really good. We had a good salesman. Um, okay, he'd been doing it for a long time, and he was really great. The company that own that has the Kia dealership here, Gossett, he actually is a part owner of the Grizzlies. Um, he has the Hyundai dealership and the worst experience I've ever had at a car dealer was at the, uh, their, their Hyundai dealership. Um, yeah, just like, Here, here's, I, here's, here's, here. Oh, I'm sorry. You got, that's fine. No, I love these stories. Here's, here's what, um, this is going to be the after show. I think the, uh, I went, so, you know, so they didn't have any in stock, right? Like, you know, you couldn't find them. And I was like, I just want to go, I just want to go see one. Like, I like how they look and, you know, I like the, you know, I like the price, you know, based on how I can build it on the website. So I just want to see one. And so I called the one in Lexington and they're like, yeah, you know, we don't have any in stock. And so then like two or three days later, I was looking on their website and, I saw that they had like, you know, whatever, two or three in stock. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so like the next day I checked again and they still had, I think they had like one. And so then I like sent a message to them and I was like, Hey, I might, I'm free this afternoon. You know, do you guys have any of the Tellurides in stock? And the girl was like, uh, yeah, no, we have two. I'm like, okay, cool. So, um, I'm going to be out there in like two hours, you know, she's like, yeah, no, just ask for me, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. So, I drive from Frankfurt to like to like Nicholasville, basically. It's like South Lexington. Rachel takes off work lunchtime to go. I take off work in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. We get there. They call the salesman in. You know, hey, what are you guys looking for? Like, oh, I want to see the Telluride. He's like, oh, we don't have any on the lot. We we sold the last one yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I was like, I just took, I just took, took the afternoon off and my wife's here from work to literally for no other reason than to see the Telluride. And you don't like, I talked to you two. I talked to the girl two hours ago and she said you had two. She's like, Oh yeah, no, I will have a talk with her. Cause that's not the case. I was like, okay. And I'll give him credit. Cause he was like, this isn't good for, for either of us. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> And, um, so then I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll, you know, I'll go to Louisville, you know, when, when I have a chance. And then like two days later, the dealership calls back and they're like, Hey, you know, we got one in, um, you know, you, they just got off the truck, you know, your first person I called, you know, do you want to come see it? And we were actually like, it was Friday evening, I think. So it was like, all right, we can come out tomorrow. It's the same dealer. Mm -hmm. 
So we get there and it's Saturday and I mean, it's a shitty dealership, you know I mean? just, you can tell, right. It's in like a, you know, a tin building and, um, and the guy is like, all right, we'll go. So we get in and I'll bring the whole family and, uh, cause you know, what the hell it's going to be our car. Yeah. And, um, we like pull out and the guy is just like, first of all, he sits in the front seat, which I think, I mean, that's fine, but he should have at least offered to let, to have Rachel sit in the front, but he didn't even do that. And, um, and so then we're like driving, like I pull out of the dealership and like we're out onto the main road and, uh, I'm looking at the thing and it's like the, the gas tank is on empty and it says like 12, it literally says like 12 miles to empty. And I'm like, uh, so it's, it's, it's like, yeah, no, it just, I mean, it just got off the truck. Like they didn't, you know, they're not, they don't travel with gas. I'm like, okay. He's like, you can just, you know, you can go turn here and, and make a U-turn and we'll just head back to the dealership. And I'm like, and this is where like me being a nice guy, I should have been like, well, we can go back and get some gas because I actually want to drive this. It's not, yeah, you know, and, but I was, I was just like, whatever, you know? And so, yeah, so we drove it. I mean, literally it had, it, like I couldn't have, it would have been no more than two miles total. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was just like, okay, well I'm definitely not buying from them. And I ended up going to the dealer in Louisville like a week later to actually get a decent drive. And, you know, it was, it was fine, but it, it was, I just, it still felt, I just wasn't, didn't feel super comfortable. And then I went to the Acura dealership and I'm like, oh, this is so much nicer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I think it's you, know, you pay for what you get. And I think Kia's Kia's styling is really good, and they're, they're, the styling is good. Oh and, yeah, and the styling is good, and their warranty is really good. So I think that's what. Yeah, I do. I do worry. Like, what? Not. I'm not so much worried that it, that that the Telluride is going to be a lemon or anything, but I do worry that like you don't have a sense for what the the like the resale or the residual value of that car is going to be. You know. Like in five years, is it going to be lower, worth it? Lower than a pilot. <laughs> I know that, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's right. Like, totally. Exactly. Honda, and, but you're going to, but like, you're paying a premium. You know, they're asking you to pay a premium, you know what I mean? And it's going to be worth less. So it's like, eh. but yeah, it was the same thing here. I mean, they were like, as soon as they got them off the truck, people were standing there waiting to buy them. And, uh, I mean, we I saw I didn't even know it was a thing until we saw it one sitting on the lot. They had one, and then went back, and I made a point to I wanted to go drive one, so I went and drove one. Mm-hmm. You know, I said I really liked it, but it's like this isn't my car, and if you don't really, if you want a pilot, then we just get a pilot. <laughs> so yeah, right No, and I mean, it's like you know, maybe I don't even know. Like if we were doing this a year from now, and there were a bunch out, and they were willing to you know cut you a deal, then yeah. maybe. It would you know, the better choice. But. And they will be. I mean, again, it was also buying it before it had been fully reviewed. You know, nobody had mm. given, given it a good run through. Yeah. But I mean, all the reviews are, are really, I mean, everybody's been super positive about it, but yeah. again, you know, it's hard to know when it's, they've just driven it for a day. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there's car talk with Harvey and Jeff, and we'll be back next week when we break down um, to, hybrids. That's right. How to change a distributor cap on a 67 Dart. <laughs>